Every life has its defining moments. Sometimes they're clear and sharp. Other times they sneak up on you. You don't realize their significance until years afterwards. Commentator Gwen Maxile recalls one such moment that lay quietly in her memory until a recent trip to the dentist. The last time I wore a retainer, I was 12. I had hair down to my waist, a face like stucco, and breasts the size of Hershey's Kisses. It's been a while. So imagine my surprise a few weeks ago when my dentist, finding that my teeth were drifting perilously apart, told me that once again I would have to wear a retainer. Pink, translucent, ugly, looks like a primordial ocean dweller. My mind wrapped itself around one burning question. Could I still flip a 360? No problem. So what if I look like a cat that's about to retch? I've looked worse. Now here I am, 32 years old, walking around wearing this thing, and my brain starts getting woozy and my mind's eye starts producing grainy pictures like a Super 8 home movie. My mother telling me to stand up straight. And will you stop sucking on your hair? My brother running his hand up my leg. Ew, ew, I cut myself, I cut myself. A lingerie saleswoman growling at me like a depraved pit bull. 34A? Ha! You're a training bra, honey, if I ever saw one. And all I can think is, but what can you train them to do? I realized, of course, that I'd crossed over into another time-space dimension. I was falling, reeling backward in a dental deja vu, only to be spit out in the Sahara of self-esteem, that prepubescent no-man's land called Junior High. In Junior High, I lived for only one thing, Greg Alcoke. He was it, my destiny, my fate, my obsession. He, Warren Beatty, me, Annette Benning only he didn't know it yet. When we spoke, a single tear of sweat trickled down between my breasts in training. My big chance came in gym during social dance. Boys on one side of the gym, girls on the other like a hormonal high noon. At glacial speed, the sexes meet, sweaty palm joining sweaty palm, moving around the gym like amoebas adrift in aimless motion. Mr. Crane, the big balding teacher, yells snowball. Snowball! And everyone changes partners. Most, too embarrassed to expose their true love interest, just turn to the nearest person and grunt in universal preteen code. I know where Greg Alcock is at every moment. Snowball! I try to snowball my way over there, but it doesn't work. Then, with five minutes left, Mr. Crane's voice crackles through the speakers. Last dance. Take a chance. Pick that special someone. Don't be shy. Use this dance. Tell them they're special. And he puts on the best, most romantic music ever written. I look around. The choices are dim. Then, out of nowhere, he's there. Greg Alcock right next to me. He grunts. Uh, wanna dance? We dance. Lights, camera, action. It's a movie, a love story, and I am the star. Close up on his face, his shoulder. I love you, Marvin Gaye. Let's get Let's love, baby. But then, Greg did the meanest thing he could have possibly done to me. 
he moved to another state. We'd only just begun, and he left me. I was devastated, heartbroken, but I went on. I graduated, went to high school, graduated, went to college, dropped out, then graduated and had a life. And in that life, some umpteen years after my last snowball, I went to the Steppenwolf Theater in Chicago one day to usher for a play. It was intermission, and I was behind the candy counter selling bonbons. Someone asked for a milk dud. I looked up. It was Greg Alcoke, right in front of me. The first time since junior high that he'd set foot inside the Chicago city limits, and there we were. Boom! A single tear of sweat trickled down between my trained breasts. Gwen? Greg? Oh my (laughs) God! This is weird. As we greeted each other, I took a metaphorical step back and just looked at Greg Alcoke. There he was, grown and talking to me. Okay, so he wasn't Warren Beatty, but what did I care? He was Greg Alcoke. Enough said. I knew I was staring, but I couldn't help it. I felt something creeping up my gullet about to spill out. Fortunately, it was only words. I was so in love with you in junior high. He was silent. The room got very warm very quickly. Then he looked right at me. I know, he said. Far off in the distance, I had faith that the world was still moving, though I had no proof of it in the vacuum that was this moment. He knew. He knew. It was like I was in social dance all over again. I prayed for it to rain hot lava, but nothing came. Nothing but pure, immobilizing humiliation. I know. I remember nothing more of that evening. I know closed the Greg Alcoke chapter of my life with a sonic thud, and I went seven years without even thinking about the incident, which was fine by me, until my own personal system of regression and denial was shot to hell. It didn't take much. Just a quick visit to the dentist, a few shifting teeth, and a vicious little dental appliance called a retainer. Everybody plays the fool sometimes. There's no exception to Gwen Maxi is a writer and radio producer living here in Washington. This is NPR's Morning Edition. I'm Neil Conan. <laughs>